Chapter Twenty Eight: The Rainbow Road. Spider Woman wakes us up bright and early, so early that when she opens the blinds to let the morning sunlight in, there is no sunlight. Even worse, I can hear the soft patter of rain. Why are we awake if the sun isn't even awake? I ask, groaning and pulling the sleeping bag over my head. If you want to catch the rainbow road, you must be there in time to greet the dawn. That's when the Dien Dine will see you and open the road to you. Not just anyone can travel on it, you know. I pull the cover over my face. Why did the Dien Dine have to see us? Well, they want to make sure you're the right ones. It would do no good to show monsters the way to the sun. Can they refuse us? Davery asks, sitting up with his jaw cracking yawn. The holy people, I mean. Spider Woman taps her cheek, thinking. Technically, I suppose so, but they don't usually. But they could. Well, of course, they can do anything they want. I reach over to check on our horn-toed friend. I'm worried that he hasn't woken up yet, but his chest is rising and falling, so I know he's alive at least. What should we do about Mister Yazzie? Spider Woman lifts his sleeping form in her cupped hands and peers at his face.、Hmm, I think this little chi should stay with me a bit longer. I'll send him along to meet you at the house of the sun when he feels better. Wait, you can get to the sun without going through the trials? Mac asks incredulously. Mister Yazzie can, yes, but you can't. Why not? She laughs. Hey, I don't make the rules. All wannabe heroes have to go through four trials. I suppose the sun wants to make sure you're worthy enough of wielding his weapons. Spider Woman looks at the clock on her kitchen wall. We better hurry up. Sunrise won't wait for anyone. You can eat breakfast on the walk across the canyon. Breakfast turns out to be spam, scrambled eggs wrapped in fluffy tortilla. Spider Woman offers us a green chile pepper to go with it, and we each take one, munching on the hot pepper between bites of the salty goodness of canned meat. Rain clouds keep the sky heavy, and a light mist falls around us. Not enough to soak us, just enough to make my hair fall flat around my face. Despite the delicious breakfast, walking through the rain and the dark was no fun. Spider Woman leads the way, and it's a good thing because she seems to know every twist and turn of the narrow dirt path. It must have rained heavily during the night because the red dirt had turned into red mud that sticks to the sides of our sneakers and makes a sucking sound when we walk. Spider Woman is wearing big brown lace-up hiking boots, so she doesn't have the same problem. This rainbow road better be worth it," Mac mutters as a fat raindrop lands on his burrito. He sighs and chews a soggy bite. Water in the desert is a blessing," Spider Woman says cheerfully, slowing down a bit so we can keep pace. She's wearing a headband with a cave explorer light on it, and the beam bobs and weaves through the darkness—a beacon for us to follow. After a while, she pulls up abruptly. "Here we are!" she exclaims. "The start of Rainbow Road." She holds her arms out wide, the big smile on her face illuminated by the headlamp. We look around. It's still dark, but I can tell in the lighting of morning that there's nothing here. No cool tower like Spider Rock, no petroglyphs like I saw while flying in on Cheezan's back, and definitely nothing that looks like a rainbow. How do you know? I ask. What? You can't see it? She asks us, dropping her hands to her hips. Uh, no, I say. Yeah, not really. Davery admits. See what? Macus asks. Huh? She shrugs, looking uncertain. Anyway, this is as far as I go. Good luck. She turns like she's going to go back down the path we just came from. Wait, you can't just leave us here in the middle of nowhere in the dark. You're not in the middle of nowhere. You're in the middle of everything. Now, just 
She looks up at the sky. The rain has started to dissipate, and the gray clouds look thin and wispy as the sun starts to rise. And here it is. Look! Max shouts, pointing to the ground at our feet. Just like that, as the sun breaks through the clouds and catches the puddles, a bright path banded in the colors of the rainbow appear under our feet. Whoa, I say. I jump up and down a few times and the rainbow road stays in place. See? Spider-Woman says, laughing. You'll be fine. And now you're ready to go. Just remember to stay on the path. What happens if we don't? Davery asks. It's best if you do, Spider-Woman says. There's danger all around and people have been known to disappear after going astray. I bite my lip, wondering if that's what happened to my mom. Spider-Woman's still talking. Monsters are going to try to stop you from reaching the sun, but as long as you stick to Rainbow Road, they can't touch you. Well, what about the four trials, I ask? How will we know what they are and when we've passed them? Look to the song of the Dien Diné that they gave you. It's a map, in a way. It shows you not where to go, but what to wonder. You mean wander? I meant what I said. Now, she makes a shooting motion with her hands. Walk in beauty, my darlings. And with that, she turns and disappears down the path, leaving us alone on Rainbow Road. Well, at least she didn't eat us, Mac says, looking at the place where Spider-Woman was standing moments ago. Hey, are you going to finish your burrito? I hand Mac my uneaten half. I wish Mr. Yazzie were here, I say, suddenly feeling like maybe this wasn't such a good idea. I didn't realize how much I was starting to rely on a horned toad to get me through the day. I miss him too, Davery says, but following the road should be easy enough, especially with the song to guide us. I think I get what Spider-Woman meant when she said it's like a map of wonder. Well, that makes one of us, I mutter, but I trust Davery knows what he's talking about. After all, Mr. Yazzie said he's destined to be someone wise, like a scholar or a Hatali, which means he can probably understand things that I can't, like the song. Could I see it again? He digs the fair flyer out of his pocket and hands it to me. I read aloud the lines above the trials. A talking stone, a field of knives, a prom of thorns, a seed of sand. Thoughts take form, form becomes true, to defeat the trials, you must know you. Okay, so we'll meet some talking rocks first, Davery says, stepping forward. That could be interesting. Yeah, talking rocks. That doesn't sound too bad. Maybe they'll ask us a riddle, you know, like a sphinx or something. Beneath my feet, the rainbow road spreads about 20 feet in front of us as we walk. The stripes of color, a steady glow in the morning sun. But a field of knives can't be good. Oh, and I'm too young to go to prom, says Mac. Besides, I can't dance. I don't know what a seed is exactly, Davery admits, but it sounds like it could be dangerous. That song will only make sense after we've done all the things it talks about, I say, putting it in my backpack. What's the point of even having it if it can't tell us where to go? Well, maybe we should focus less on the destination and just enjoy the journey, Mac says as he stuffs the last bit of my burrito in his mouth. Davery and I turn to stare. What? he asks, wiping his cheek. Do I have, like, spam on my face? You sound like a Hallmark card, I say, rolling my eyes a little. We can't enjoy the journey when we only have until tomorrow's sunrise to get to the sun. Hey, don't yell at me. It works when Oprah says it. 
Well, you're definitely not Oprah. Dream crusher. I turn back to Davery. What do you think we should do? Well, I, I think we should pick up the pace or our road might disappear. I look down at my feet and sure enough, the rainbow stripes that were perfectly solid just seconds ago are fading like pastel watercolors with too much water added. If I had to guess, Davery says, walking a little faster, I would say that as the sun rises and the rain dries out, the rainbow disappears, just like a real rainbow would. We have to hurry. We start fast walking and then running as the colors dwindle to Easter egg versions of themselves. I look back once and the spot where we started is plain red mud again. The road was completely disappeared. Faster, I say as we rush forward. I'm going so fast looking over my shoulders I run that I don't even see what's in front of us. Najoni, stop! Davery yells. But it's too late. Feet scrambling for purchase, arms flailing, flailing widely. I fall off the edge of the cliff. Chapter 29. Rock Concert. Luckily, the cliff drops off to a small muddy hill, which I slide down on my heels like I'm skiing. I skid to a stop at the bottom and try to stay upright, but the ground is so slippery I end up sitting in a puddle. Are you hurt? Davery asks as he scrambles down to join me. Oh, I exclaim. My butt! Davery giggles, and I guess it's pretty funny, but it also hurt. I landed on my tailbone. Well, good thing the mud cushioned your fall, or it could have been worse. He pulls out a hand to pull me up. Once I'm on my feet, I try to wipe mud from the back of my pants. It comes off thick and red in my hands. Seems like the humiliations never end. I can't believe the rainbow road led us off the side of a cliff. Speaking of rainbows, where did the road go? Mac asks as he climbed down. We all look around and yep, there's no more road to be seen. I groan in disappointment. We went to all the trouble to find it and we've already lost it. There, Davery says, pointing across the gorge, squinting. I think I can just barely see glowing colors on the far side, picking up again on the downside of the hill, the one we just slid down. It's as if the road used to be connected, but these two hills were pulled apart. The space between them forming the valley we're now in, which is divided by a rushing river. We have to get across, but how? I guess we should take that, Davery says, pointing at a dry, narrow path that winds between two tall rock walls about 20 yards away. The early morning sunlight hasn't risen over the walls yet, and the trail looks dark and creepy, but it's the only way through. It's not part of the Rainbow Road, and Spider-Woman warned us we could get lost if we- What's that noise? Mac asks, sounding scared. An eerie sound is coming from the dark path, sort of like a low moan. I shudder as chills run up and down my spine. Is that a ghost? Mac whispers. I hate ghosts. No, says Davery. When the wind blows through a narrow canyon, it can sound like a supernatural phenomenon, but it's really quite natural. Promise? Mac asks and the groaning picks up. It sounds like wind blowing through a narrow air canyon for sure, but it also sounds like a dozen voices in some kind of awful pain, a pain way worse than what my butt is feeling right now. Davery blinks. Well, I guess I can't exactly promise. I try to peer into the corridor, but I can't see anything. It's darker between the walls than when it was back at Spider-Woman's before the sun came up. Well, I vote ghost then, Max says, and that means we need to find another way to get to the road. There is none, I say. Unless we want to try climbing back up that slippery hill and going the long way around, it could take hours, hours we don't have. 
Another moan emanates from the valley path, and this time I swear it's saying something. I think that's a voice, I say. It, it is saying, This way, children, Davery asks. I hear it too. This way. Well, Max says, throwing his hands up, definitely haunted. Or, Davery says, remember the song, The Talking Rocks? Well, these rocks are talking. Yeah, Max says, and they're saying, run away, we're haunted. No, I think we're meant to go through them. I think this is the first trial. Of course, the first trial would have to involve a haunted canyon. Why wouldn't it just be a math test or something? I'd rather try to divide fractions than fight ghosts, and I really, really hate fractions. Okay, I say, squaring my shoulders. Let's do it, but everyone stay close together. I wish Mr. Yazzie was here, Max says mournfully. He would know what to do. Davery pats Max's shoulder. Yeah, he... There he is! Max shouts. And miraculously, there's a horned toad sitting right there at the entrance of the corridor. Hurry! Hurry, little heroes! He shouts, waving us forward. The path is only open for a few more minutes. You must get through it before it closes. But how did Mr. Yazzie get here? Davery asks, a puzzled look on his face. Last we saw him, he was... Who cares how he got here? Max says. Let's go! And just like that, he takes off. It is really strange. The lizard couldn't have gotten here first, could he? Hmm, there's another thing. Where's Mr. Yazzie's sweater? Mac is almost to Mr. Yazzie when Dave exclaims, The song! What about it? Beware, beware, the friendly toad! We skipped that part because I didn't know what it meant! I totally forgotten, but the meaning seemed pretty clear now. It's a trap. Mac! We both shout, running after my little brother. Hurry, children, the fake Mr. Yazzie says. This way, right through here, you're almost there. And as he turns to wave Mac forward, I can see his eyes. They're red, just like the fake Adrian Cuddlebushes at the train station and the buzzard bozos at Black Mountain, which means... Monster. No, Mac, stop, that's not Mr. Yazzie. But he's not listening. And as the horned toad scuttles down the path and disappears into the dark, Mac follows him. The canyon rumbles. The whole ground shakes like we're having an earthquake. Debris showers down as the rock walls start to move. I rub my eyes. Move? It's impossible. Davery skids to a stop and grabs my arm. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? The canyon walls are moving closer together, aren't they? Yes. And if we don't get Mac out, they're going to squish him like a grape. We have to follow him. Yeah, then we'll get squished like grapes. There has to be another way. Did the Sog have any ideas about how to win the trials? Davery purses his lips, thinking. To defeat the trial, you must know you. How am I supposed to know myself? I mean, I, I already do. Um, that makes no sense. It's entirely unhelpful. I look around the valley, feeling frantic, searching for something we could use to get Mac back. There's a pile of stones nearby. A few scrubbly plants growing in the sandy wash and a small grove of cottonwood trees. Rocks, muds, and trees. That's all there is. Then, I have an idea. I run over to a cottonwood. I jump up and grab onto a long branch that's sticking out at about eye level. I haul myself up like I'm doing a pull-up in gym class and then let my weight drop. 
The branch wobbles and starts to crack. I do it again, up, then drop. Then the crack gets bigger. On the third try, when I come down, the branch breaks off. I land on my feet, now holding a branch longer than I am. I rush back to Debris. That was really impressive. You're really strong. For a girl, I say sarcastically. No, for anyone. It was cool. I hadn't really thought about it, but I guess I am strong. Maybe that's part of what my ancestral powers are. Or maybe I'm just naturally that way and never had a chance to try it out. Well, either way, I'm glad it worked. Watch this, I exclaim. The canyon trail is getting narrower by the minute. When we first got here, it was wide enough for me, Mac, and Davery to walk through side by side without even touching shoulders. Now, it's only wide enough for Davery and me, and that might be a tight fit. I step forward just a little way into the corridor. The wind still howls like it's full of ghosts. And when I look down into the darkness, Mac and the fake Mr. Yazzie are nowhere to be seen. I gulp nervously. What if something's happened to Mac? No, I can't think that way. This is going to work. I'm going to rescue him. I thrust my branch into the opening and turn it horizontal so it's jammed between the two rock walls. The canyon rumbles and the sides keep trying to move closer, but this time the branch stops them. The moaning wind picks up a notch, but my branch doesn't break. It's working, Davery exclaims. I turn to my best friend and mimic his voice. Well, if you understood the science behind it, it's actually quite a groaning sound, like an animal in pain comes from behind me. I whirl back around to see my stick bending and buckling as the canyon walls heave again, refusing to just stop already. Um, Najoni, Davery says worriedly, I think you'd better move out of the way. I take a big step back and then another, and we watch as my brilliant plan shatters under the pressure of the closing rock walls and a hundred splinters come flying right at us.